Satem Anali, former Super Bowl champion, shares with us today how he went from achieving his dream of playing in the NFL to losing everything overnight and being evicted during the recession of 2008. Satema shares how he got out of that rut by working harder than he'd ever worked, doing door-to-door sales for three summers, and what he now coaches people to do to achieve their dreams and greatest desires in life. So today I'm here with a good friend of ours, a guy that is just larger than life. He is a friend from, he works out with my husband, Neil. In the mornings, he goes to church with us, and he is just one of our very favorite people, and his name is Satema Nali. I've always wanted to ask you, too, am I pronouncing it right? That's right, Satema Nali. You got it. Okay. And Satema, give us your your elevator pitch of who you are and what you're about. My name is Satema Nali. I am the man who loves his life. I am a husband and a father, and I help people to produce their greatest results, overcome their most expensive problems, and live their their happiest life. Marriage, uh, health, business, relationships, spirituality. And that's what I do. That's who I am. Cool. Love it. Okay, so Satema has a pretty amazing background, and I want to take it. I've heard you have some crazy stories of like, how you grew up and give us a little bit of background there. He He's going to walk us through like his life story too of being a Super Bowl champion and some of his ups and downs with business and where he, how he got to where he is now. But I even want to hear just at least a little slice of where, where you came from growing up. Uh, thank you so much. And it, it's an honor to be here. Uh, born in Missouri. My parents moved to Missouri uh, for very spiritual reasons. And then we went to Utah when I was about four years old. So I grew up in Utah and I always, like my dream was to play football. Mm -hmm. That was it. Like I saw these football players on the field and I thought, oh man, that's me. I want to play at BYU. And I wasn't very good. Grew up in a big family, a lot of kids. My folks got divorced when I was in fourth grade. It was devastating on the family. It, It really hurt. And that divorce and experience shaped how I treat my wife and my kids today because I know I never wanted to go through that again. So divorced, uh, remarried, ninth grade, and I I set a goal. Like this was my first time setting goals. Like I actually had a journal, Uh wrote in the journal, I'm going to play at BYU. I'm going to get a scholarship. I'm going to serve a mission for my church. I'm going to live this awesome life and I don't know where it came from, but that was the beginning of what brought me here. The other thing that changed was I, I attended this thing called seminary, and that changed my entire world. Really? Like that shifted everything. Because up to that point, I was like, yeah, I go to church. I, I, I believe in a God. Yeah, that's cool. But that single thing called seminary changed everything for me. I started to pray. I started to read scriptures. I started to like really go to church, and that changed everything. That's fascinating to hear that because I attended seminary too, which if people are not members of our church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, they might think, wait, seminary, isn't that if you're going to become like a priest or a nun yeah. or something? <laughs> but for us, that means it was just like a program for kids that are, let's see, what, like 14 to 18, is that right? And they just go and learn about like principles of the gospel of Jesus Christ during their high school years. So, and for me, I I liked seminary and I had good feelings in there, but it wasn't life-changing. So I want to hear why it was life-changing for you. 
it was life-changing because, again, my folks are divorced. I'm living with my dad at the time. And I, I was so focused on football. Like, I had this goal, this dream, and I was so hungry for it. You know, it's just like I thought about football every day. Mm-hmm. So when I went to seminary, I was like, okay, cool. There's air conditioning in here. It's cool, <laughs> right? It's great. And the teacher said something to me, and my heart was touched. Like, I was really impacted. The teacher says, if you read this book, he was referring to the Book of Mormon. He said, if you read this book every day and pray every day, he looks at me, he's like, you'll be blessed in football. Wow. And something touched my, now I know what I know what it was, right? I know it was the voice of God, the Spirit of God touched my heart. And that moment, like I was like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to go read every day because I want help with football. <laughs> Very self, hey, like high self-interest. Whatever gets you there. Yeah. That's awesome. And so I started reading and praying every day. And then I came to know. I came to know the truth for myself. Like, okay, this book has truth, is true. I recognize God's blessings. And I shifted my life to, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to try my best to make decisions. And I'm going to go serve a mission. And I was blessed in football. Like, it was incredible. Like, football took off. And uh, w- one of the big stories that shapes my life, Corinne, is I was a sophomore in high school. And my coach comes downstairs in the weight room and he looks at the group and he says, some of you in this room are going to be starters next year. Now, you know, for your audience listening to this, you're like, hey, the football, that's cool. But my thing is you have something you want, mm-hmm. whether it's a greater marriage to, to be better in your business, better as a mother, as a spouse. And it, re- I was like, I'm going to do it. I want to be a starter again, just this desire, this want. So I fell in love with the weight room. And I worked out four days a week. I never missed. I put on 30 pounds and that shaped like my life. Like I fell in love with hard work and I love to work out. And like seeing results from yeah, something you wanted. It was incredible. And, and that's one of the biggest things I would share is like, if you have a goal, if you have something you really want, number one, again, this is who I am. I, I take it to God and God, this is what I want. Like, can you help me get this? And the answer is always like, yeah, you got to go put in the work. Right. And one of the things we say is we we call it paying the piper. Like I paid the piper a long time ago, and I still pay the piper today. And so high school came, got the scholarship, all these accolades, got to BYU. BYU was amazing, and this is where it like really. I'll just fast forward. You know, I get to BYU. I'm thinking of like I think I'm gonna go teach seminary. Like I'm like I I just want to go do what someone did for me. It's changed my life. And the NFL came up. And I was a starter at BYU. I was on the poster. I was all conference. You know, all these, I was, I was pretty good, I guess. <laughs> and I guess. Yeah, I was pretty good. I was good. What years did you play at BYU? I uh, was at BYU 94, took two years off, and then 97 to 2000. Okay. I finished up with LaBelle Edwards. And instead of going to teach seminary, right, the seminary guys that, you know, to go be a teacher, they said, you should go to the NFL. So I went. And I ended up hiring these agents who were awesome, same agent as Tom Brady. Uh, you might have heard of the quarterback, but no. I don't know that much about football, but I but do you know, know who Tom, Tom Brady is. <laughs> so I got to New England, and it was an incredible experience. And like I'll tell you, like the NFL was was hard work. If there's a job that's one of the hardest I've ever had, it is the NFL. Brutal, 
cutthroat. It's about wins and losses and making money. And uh, I finished up my NFL career as a Super Bowl champion. I came home and here's where like really, I don't know what to do with my life. I'm like, what do I do? Do I like, football's been my whole life this whole time. And you know, a buddy of mine has a, a check, big amount of money. And I'm like, did you make that last year? And he's like, no, I made that last month. And it was the mortgage industry. So I jumped into the mortgage industry, 2003. And we start to make a ton of money. It was back when it was easy to make money in the mortgages, right? It's just yeah. very easy. And You're in Utah? Yeah, we're living in Utah. Okay. I'm marrying my best friend. We have our first son. We're living in Provo, Utah. And, like, I think I've arrived. And I'm like, oh, we've arrived. Like, we got it. Like, God's blessed us. We're going to we're gonna just help people for the rest of our lives because money is overabundant and uh, it's just a surplus. And this is where everything shifts. Um, the recession hits. And we're living in this enormous house. I don't know why we bought this enormous house back then, but we did. We built it. And we started to hemorrhage in the business. And we started to lose everything. And we go in this, we're in this 6,000 square foot home. We had this, another 8,000 square foot home we were building. We had properties all over the country. And money's dried up. And we can't make it. And so it was a very difficult time for us, for me. Like, you want to talk about being depressed. I, I went from Super Bowl to mortgage, uh, a lot of money, you know, just yeah. not an issue to what in the world are we going to do right now? Yeah. It's hard. And that male providership thing, can, I mean, I hate to stereotype, but I feel like I've just heard from so many people, including my own husband, that there's just not, there's no low quite like the providership low of feeling like I don't know what to do right yeah it was it was so hard because as a man we are wired to provide mm -hmm. and to produce and to take care of our family and you know when a man for me when I could not pay the bills when I had to fire everyone when I my lease and equipment got locked up in the office space when our cards got repossessed when our properties were getting foreclosed on it really rattled my confidence. Like it shook me. And I stayed faithful. I was like, okay, we're gonna make it. Like this is gonna be the best story ever. <laughs> I just didn't know that it was gonna take a long time to to rewrite the story. Yeah. And it's it is, it's hard. It, it was tough. It was the week of Thanksgiving, 2008, and we got evicted out of our home. And Thanksgiving we're at a buffet because we moved into a home that the power wasn't on yet. And Again, I, I, if there's a central message of of my life, it's get back up and keep believing. Like I just would get knocked down, I'd get back up, and I'm like, I'm gonna believe. Get knocked down, I'm gonna get back up, I'm gonna believe. And that, that was this reoccurring thing that was happening. So, uh, 2009, we downsize and downsize and downsize, and we get to this place. And we're in this little 900 square foot townhome. We have two kids at the time. We can't pay our bills, we can't pay the rent, we can't pay, like we're late on rent every month. And I, I just was, and I don't know if people can really get this, like I was shell-shocked. I was like, God, where are you? Like, like where are you? Because I just always felt in my heart that I was supposed to do something incredible in life. I felt that. And we had zero money. I don't have any skills really because the mortgage industry is like, you didn't need that much, that much skills. 
So there was one thing of value that I had. We had sold my wife's wedding ring. We'd sold the TVs and the beds. You know, when you have a big home, you fill it up. And I had my Super Bowl ring. And my wife's like, what are you going to do? I'm like, I'm going to sell the ring. And this was one of the hardest things that I'd ever done because to get to the Super Bowl, to win that, like, it's not like you can just sign up. Like, it's just your whole life. Like, right. you have you have to work to get that. And I sold the ring. Depressed, uh, overweight, like, no energy, behind on bills. And in 2010, we were bankrupt. Like, I just, I couldn't do it. 50 creditors calling a day. We were we had so much out in real estate and and homes, so that takes me up to kind of like the to about nine years ago, Corinne. It was a very difficult time, and I tell people listening to the podcast, I'm like, look, if, if you're going through something challenging, if you're in a tight spot or a marriage that's going through tough times or a business that's suffering or you're just like kind of at a midlife crisis, I'm like, I get it, I really do, I know what that's like, and you can't give up. Like, you got to keep fighting. You got to keep yeah. going. So what did that look like for you to keep fighting at that point? At that point in 2010, you know, we had, a, it was about three and a half, four years of, I call it depression because I I didn't have the mojo. I didn't have the, the confidence that I once had. And in 2011, a good friend of mine came to recruit me to go knock doors for a living. Now, I'm in my mid-30s. I have two kids at the time. And I mean, I've been, I've been humbled, like really humbled I, I, to the point I'm like, God, are, are you even there? Because I was, I was still going to seminars, still studying, still listening, and nothing that I did worked, nothing. And what it looked like for me to keep fighting, to get back up and keep fighting was 2011, I get recruited to go knock doors, and I'm like, there's no way I'm going to go knock doors. There's no way. I'm, I'm 35. <laughs> I'm way beyond. This is beneath me. Like, I was kind of had, even though I wasn't that successful at the time, and all the other guys were, like, in their 20s. And, um, you know, I caught the voice. The voice was like, you got to go. And my wife was like, you got to go. You can do this. And I was afraid. And I was like, can I? What if I fail? What if I'm no good at knocking doors? It's like, oh, wait, I got to knock on a door, get in the house, sell them something, and leave in it. I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. But my good wife, who's my best friend, she encouraged me. She pushed me. She was like, you can do it. And again, we are so financially broke. We're very close to God. We're very close to each other. And so with 2011, very little, like, Really, we had no money. We were borrowing money from family. 2011, this is, uh, I get on a plane. I look at my wife. I say, you know, she's like, I will pack up our little townhome, throw it in storage. I will drive our two kids to South Carolina. You go get started and go do this. And I looked at her and I was like, I promise you, like, I'm not coming home until this thing is done right. Until we hit the goal, I'm going to go work harder than anyone that's ever worked. I'm going to hustle. I'm going to grind. I'm going to do this. And I went April of 2011 to flew to South Carolina. It was so hard because I get out there and I didn't know like, oh, I need to provide my own sheets and pillows and food. I'm like, oh my gosh, I had no money. So I'm sleeping on a mattress with my suitcase. I'm talking to my wife and I'm so determined. I'm so hungry. I'm like, this is it, God. Like, I promise you, I feel like I'm supposed to do this. 
You brought me here, help me get through it. And I went and knocked doors and I drank energy drinks <laughs> and I didn't work out and I knocked and I learned and I studied and I just became this student of the game. And it was like football all over again. And I'll never forget my wife arrives in June. I'm, I'm learning it and I'm just hungry. I'm just like, I'm gonna do this thing. Okay, God, you brought me here. And I remember walking, knocking, looking at the clouds, just angry, like, why did you bring me here? Oh my God, why did you bring me here? I can, what did I do to deserve this job? And you know, I believe that God knows all. I know that for a fact. Those three summers, 2011, 2012, and 2013 were the best years of my life. I learned how to sell. I learned how to recruit. I learned how to grind and work. Uh, I knocked in South Carolina. I knocked in Texas. I knocked in Georgia. I knocked in Iowa. And that was like really that changed my life. Like I was so grateful because I learned how to work again. I learned how to believe in myself again. And my wife, I tell you what, like I hope whoever's listening to this, you gotta marry the right person because she stayed by my side. She encouraged me. She's my best friend and changed our world. Three knocking summers was amazing. I'm just blown away. This is so cool. Okay, and I really, I have so much respect for that because I don't know if you know this, but I worked in that same summer sales industry for yeah. many, many years on the other side of it. But I saw a lot of people go, most people, they go, they knock for, you know, a week or two. They're like, oh, this is way too hard. And they quit. Almost everybody quits because it's just the hardest kind of work you can imagine, literally, physically, emotionally. You know, it, it takes a lot of grit. So that's just unbelievable to me because I know how much work and how much grit and determination it takes to stay in that industry. So tell me like some of the biggest takeaways that you picked up in that door-to-door yeah. -door industry. Uh, I, I love it. There's a, a few of them I'll share. Number one is I call it, uh, people would say, Tim, how did you do this? And I said, well, I have this formula and I call it H6. And they're like, what is that? And I'm like, okay, the first one was hunger. Like, I, you, I was hungry. I was very, very hungry. And no matter where people are, no matter where you are in your life, no matter how old you are, no matter where your marriage is, no matter where your health is, no matter where your connection to God is, I tell you, if you're hungry enough, it's not your history that's going to determine your future. It's your hunger. It's how bad you want it, how much you want to change. So I was really hungry. And that hunger drove me. Uh, the next one I call it is just, Humble. I was I was really humbled. So I was I was teachable. I studied like crazy. Oh, I I studied the manual. I studied every morning. I knew like you know here's a big one. I know the difference between me and someone who would knock three years was time. That was it. So I'm like, how do I go collapse the time so I can catch up to them yeah. sooner than later? So I figured this out on, on my planner. I was like, okay, I'm gonna get up at six. I'm gonna study from six to nine, like pure study. Listening, reading, repeating, role-playing. Three hours, I'd eat breakfast. So I basically studied for five hours in the morning so I didn't work out. I was like, I'm just gonna study. I would role-play late at night. I would go to correlation meeting, take notes. And in the drive, it was like an hour drive to area. I'd study in the car and people were like, dude, you're psychotic. 
<laughs> I was like, no, I'm 35. I have a wife and two kids. I've already made money and I, I have to produce. I'm not a, like in college. Right. The so, price was so much higher for you. Yeah. Yeah. And that was one of my biggest takeaways. It was like I could collapse time by just doubling down. So Monday through Saturday, I was I was adding, you give me five hours a day um, times 525. So I was making up like probably 30 to 36 hours a week on top of everyone else. Your time's 40 hours times 20 and there's what, like 800 hours. And I role played like crazy. I just, I never stopped. I was so hungry to get out of my situation. So uh, I was humble. Uh, like I just was like, teach me. I interviewed the top guys in the industry and everything I'm sharing now for my industry, like you just go do the same thing. You go find someone who's in your industry, yep. you interview them, you do exactly what they tell you to do. You stay hungry. And then um, the other one is heart. Like I put my heart into it. I prayed every day and I talked to my wife every day. I'd get home at uh, like 11 to 12 at night. I'd leave at nine in the morning and I just worked. And I just was like, okay, God, I'm here. I'm going to be the best salesman ever. I recruited. I was, re and I learned how to, so I learned how to recruit. I learned how to sell. I learned how to lead again. And it just, it, it was a testament to me that I don't care where you are in your life. If you're hungry enough, if you're humble enough, and if you're willing to like put your whole heart into it, like you can, you can climb out of the deepest ditches, the deepest abysses. And I'm so, so grateful for the doors because it really, and you know, I'm saying the doors three times, but like we're living in the worst hotels. Yes. We have these great, you know, some apartments were great, but when you're traveling, like we're at four guys in a hotel, you're knocking doors all day. I got garbage in my car from everyone in my car and it was a hundred percent commission. So if I wasn't selling, we were not eating. Right. And um, I'd say the last big takeaway is, uh, you, know, you always hear people talk about, what's your why? What's your why for doing this? Why do you want to lose weight? Why do you want to have a greater marriage? Why do you want to serve God? Why do you want to make more money? And my why was my wife and kids. Like, I call it a holy cause. I just, I was so driven. And, and all the younger guys were like, man, said, tell us crazy. He'll knock on a door at 10 at night. He'll get in. He won't get out till 1130. The system's going in at midnight, finishing up at like 2 in the morning. And I had a big why. So if you, you know, it's like Jim Rohn says, the bigger the why, the easier the how. You know, you gotta find your why for a living. You gotta know what you want. You gotta know why it matters. And it was such a, those, you know, special days in my life that changed us. That's cool that you have that perspective because I'm sure a lot of people would look back and be like, oh, well, those were the worst days of my life, you know, but that's really profound that you would look back and say, these were the best days and this yeah. taught me the most. I picked up a theme of what you talked about with football and then also with these days that you knocked doors. And it's something that reminds me of like what my dad taught me. He sat me down at a young age and said, Corinne, you're smart, but you're not that smart. You're not smart enough to not work hard in school. You're you're not going to just show up and ace a test without working really hard. And he kept teaching me throughout my life, like, if you want to succeed, you have to just, all you have to do is be willing to outwork your competition. And it sounds like that's what you did in football and that's what you did on the doors. And so how did, how does that translate to now? Like, where's the, where's the, 
you know, connection between yeah. what happened there and what you're doing now and what you teach people to do? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I, I, we finished up knocking in 2000. Well, let me just acknowledge, yes, you're right. Outwork people, Corinne. Like just, I love what your dad said to you. I love that you shared it here. That was my mantra in football. I was not the fastest. I wasn't the strongest. I just knew it like, I'm going to outwork you and my why is bigger and I will not stop. And that's what it was in football. And that's how it was in the doors. And, mm -hmm. and so I always had this dream and vision like I had for football. My dream and vision was to be this life-changing speaker, teacher, coach. I, I'd look at guys like, you know, Jim Rohn or Zig Ziglar, Darren Hardy, even Tony Robbins. And there's, you know, like you, there's a lot of people today because of social media who can do this. But that's always been my heart's desire. And... After my third summer, like we were crushing it. I was like, okay, God, like I'll do this for two. I'll, I'll do a five-year run in this. I'm, I'll go five years and then we'll reevaluate. And I have my team out in Bakersfield, California. So I'm in Bakersfield. It was, I remember, I remember just like it was yesterday. It was October, 2013. I've got a team out there. Like, again, I'm trying to go be the best in this industry. And I'm in a neighborhood and I'm, I can't get out of my car. Now that's one of the hardest things when you knock doors. You just you got to get out of your car, and I couldn't. I was like, this is the first time in three summers. I'm like, what's wrong? And my heart was like, I started to get these impressions again, like these promptings, these feelings. A voice was that I'd known so familiar, which was, it's time to it's time to go. Do what you're supposed to do. Mm. And I, I was like, no way. My wife is gonna kill me. Like, <laughs> no way. Like we are doing well. We're very blessed. We're working hard. And I just knew it. Like, I was like, you know, you get these distinct impressions where it's time. And, I'm, you know, we're knocking doors. This is how I make money, how I provide. And um, I call my wife and I say, I think I need to move on. She's like, no. Goodbye. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so I call up a guy who I've been following for some time. I hire him as a coach pay him a significant amount of money to just, I was like, I need your help. I ended up hiring three coaches in a three month span from October to January. And this is the off season for Yeah, you. this is our off season. Yeah. Now. Like this is, we call this off season, preseason. And this is where we're recruiting, we're prepping our guys for the summer. We had a big team at the time and money was very abundant. And I knew it was, like, I just knew it. Like it was time. And my heart knew it and my mind knew it. I knew it. And I, went and told my wife, and I said, I'm gonna go do this thing. Now, I tried in 2008, 2009 to do what I was, what I do now, but I failed miserably. So when I told my wife, she drops to her knees, she starts to cry, like literally drops, and she's like, no, don't do this. Because she <laughs> saw us, she saw us do this in 2008, 2009, and no success. She's having like PTSD while you're talking yeah. about this. She's like, no, she's like sobbing. I get on my knees, I grab her by the hands, and I'm like, I got this. The doors have changed me. Like I'm I'm not the same September that I was in 2009. And I promised her, I just looked at her and I said, I promise. Now we like she looks on the bank account, there is a large sum of money that's missing, like almost six figures that's gone. And she's like, Where is the money? I was like, I paid the coaches. And she was like, What? And she's like, We, and you know, obviously I I told her I was going to do it. She was like, no, you didn't. And I just looked and I said, the money's gone, so I'm all in. 
and I need you to trust me. And so I hire these coaches. We make no money, and it's May of 2014. And she's, all she said was, I guess we're going to go back and knock doors again. And I had been working this whole time, but like, you know, there's just a little bit of a curve of learning how to coach and get gigs and speak. And from May till December, we made as much money in my new industry as we had the previous year, which was significant. Clients, coaching, speaking, and it took off. And even then my wife was like, cool, can you do it again? And so 2015, we're killing it. And then uh, again, I call it the voice. The voice is like, it's it's time to move. So I have a, a partner here living in Orange County and I knew it was time to move. And we made the move. And it was scary. Orange County is not Utah County. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you that it was a huge leap of faith to make the move. We were leaving our family. We're coming to a place where we knew nobody. And I, I strongly believe, like one of my, my, my core beliefs is, if the voice tells you, and for me the voice is God, then you go. And no matter what happens, he will take you to it, he will take you through it, and it will, like the waves will be big, it will look like you're about to, to perish. And we've been here over four years, and our business has grown. We love the people. We love the area. And I, I, have, um, I have seen God's hands in my life, like without a doubt. I've seen it, I felt it, I've seen every business move. I'm like, and you know, people in Utah, people that know me, they're like, how are you doing this? I'm like, it's, it's not even how, it's who. Mm-hmm. Who and why. My why is big, God knows my commitment, and I, and I follow him. And I try every day to get up and listen. And I made the move and I made the leap and I've invested in great coaches and they've helped me. And today we, we make a difference for people around the world. I have a podcast, I have books, we do our seminars. And, but I just love it. Like I love being able to take my kids to school. I love being able to date my wife every week. I love to live what I, I, I live what I teach, which is like we take a lot of pride because in my industry, it's not common. You know, people teach one thing, they live something else. So mm. yeah, we made the movie and it was it was just as hard. It was just as hard as the doors. It was hard. It's like and when you want to go do something big, you better be prepared for big opposition and you better be prepared for big tests and big challenges. It's so true. And that's funny, that same voice said the same. <laughs> Gave us that same little push of, okay, it's time to move to Southern California. And I remember Neil and I were kind of like, wow, is this for real? Are we really going to do this? And we did it and had a similar, I mean, I don't know if I would say similar, but just it's a completely different story, but kind of a fall down, get back up, figure out what God wants you to do with your life. And then eventually it all makes sense. But, you know, there's a big trust factor there. So what do you teach people who are in that pit of like, I just fell down and they're looking at you as their coach and they're saying, how do I get back up from this? I refer to the words of a very wise man who walked the earth many years ago who said the truth will set you free. 
That's the that's principle number one for us. We say, God, like you will never change until you tell the truth about where you are, and about what is, and about reality. You got to be honest about that. So it's the first thing, I, and I just tell people, like, just be honest with me. Where are you? And where are you at? And I'll get on the phone or face to face, and people will open up about the truth. Because in social media land today, right, the, the, our environment today is it's very easy to portray a life that's perfect. But if people are going to transform, like you got to be real. You got to be real about your marriage. You got to be real about your business, about revenue. You got to be real about what's not working. Like and real. And it doesn't mean you got to go tell stories and drama about it. You just got to tell the truth. And so I tell people like let's tell the truth about where you are. Let's tell the truth about what you want. And some people they don't believe anymore. They 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 don't even have that I don't it doesn't I, I there's no way I could get what I want. And I'm like, "Let me tell you some stories." And that's where we start. And the message is you can live in abundance and prosperity and you're going to pay the price to go get it. And there's a price to be paid. And if you really want it, we will help you. We take people through different models and utilizing principles and and it works. And it's not easy. I'll tell you, it's my job is, you know, I definitely feel like I was born to do this and mm-hmm. built to do it because I'm, I'm talking to people who high stakes environment, right? Millions of dollars on the line, hundreds of families, thousands of families and their companies on the line, a marriage, a relationship with a daughter. So many of our clients, are, it's real life. It's heart. I call it heart work. And that's what we, we start with just the truth. Like, let's just, let's tell the truth. And what do you want? Like, where do you want to be? What's not working in your life? Like, what's going on with your marriage? And I ask them very very direct questions to people like they're like i've never told anyone this stuff before i'm like i know that's that's my power so that's what i do that's why you're here with me and our clients have there's been so many amazing changes but that's that's where we started is the truth okay i find that remarkable because neil and i are such believers in the 12 steps and you probably know this but step number one is honesty so that's amazing and i and i feel like that just happens all the time where like truth is truth. So like if that works for you and it works for people in addiction, it's just kind of like yeah. that's the right place to start because that's what works. So, okay. So after you get people to get honest, then what? Yeah. Then we, we get them to paint the the reality of what they want. You know, I call it a promise line. I'm like, look, what do you really want? And, and most people want a principle four for us is the clarity is power. Like, be clear about what you want, but not just a better marriage. Like, for me, for example, right? I always tell my clients, like, look, I want to grow old with my wife. I want to be connected and intimate and in love and best friends. I want to have a marriage that looks like we hold hands and we laugh and we talk and we spend time together. I want X amount of dollars in the bank, X amount of dollars flowing through the business. I want X amount of people working in my organization. I want to impact people around the world. So we get so specific and clear and as people begin to paint the picture like there's there's a ray of light that shines into them they're like wait a minute because when you start when you've been in the 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 deep ditch or the darkness for so long you just stop believing and i 100 know that even if you can no more than desire the smallest particle of faith or belief you just need people need that yeah so we get them you start to tell the truth start to be real we get them to paint the picture, 
And then we go to work and we start solving problems. We, we have people confront what's not working. We have people start to exercise and meditate and pray. I've had people go find a church home and go to church and find God, lose over 100 pounds, 150. We, people start to change their life. And, you know, for us, it's the physical, spiritual, relational, financial. You know, it's like we get the body right, eating right, hydrating, cutting things that we get the spirituality right. Whatever religion or belief you have, I just tell people, look, there is something more than just what we do here. There's a higher power from mm-hmm. the icon God, relationships, marriage, and family. I tell guys who are making all kinds of money, I'm like, you need to date your wife every week, not negotiable. Like, it's not <laughs> negotiable. I don't care. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, so we get, I get pictures from people who they're like, you know, two years later, they're like, we never miss a date. We probably missed three dates in two years, and we, we love you. Thank you for changing our lives. So and then, of cool. course, there's money, right? Finances, marketing, sales. And we coach people on what they need so they can move life forward and move life up. That's awesome. So if someone is listening today and they're like, I want to make a change in my life, but I, you know, like what's what's like one small thing people can start with? Yeah. Uh, what One small thing I would say is, Sit down, grab a notebook or journal or your laptop and just write down these questions. What do I want for my life? And start there. Just start and say, what do I want? And just start writing. Just don't, you know, people call it a brain dump. Just, you know, and I I make it easy. We call it the big four, the big four domains, physical, spiritual, relational, financial. Just write down what you want. Like, what do you want? Your your, What what do you want to be physical? I love it, right? My birthday is July 2nd. So it's halfway in, in the year. It gives me a chance, like mid-year, to just evaluate. Okay, how do I want to finish 2019? Where do I want to be 12 months from now? How do I want my marriage to look? And I think that's the most simple thing you could do is, what do you want? And, you know, the next part of that question is why. What do you want? Why does it matter? And just start writing your whys. If you'll do that, you'll, you'll have a sense of what's next. Because most people, when you start to write down what you want and why it matters... Then the next, the next step really is, well, what's required to go get it? So then you write down what's required, right? You kind of work backwards. And if you can start to put that on paper, that's a simple step. Another simple step I'd say is read, pick up great books, listen to great podcasts, like start to fill your mind with great things. Another one is to surround yourself with great people and go, go, go hang out with people who are healthy or happy. Find a different group of people to spend time with. This is why I'm always like, Neil, go work out. Get out of bed <laughs> at five in the morning. Uh, early, early morning. Yeah. So I I love those suggestions and I love the power of reading and learning and putting things into your brain that help you think in a different way and have paradigm shifts. What are some of your favorite books? What do you uh, tell people Favorite to books, yeah. So right now, I, do, I have, I, I am a crazy, I, I spend so much money in books. I love it. So- I'm reading a book right now called Atomic Habits by James Clare. I'm reading another cool. book uh, by Gay Hendricks called Big, The Big Leap. Mm-hmm. Read those two books together. But Seven Habits is, is an annual read for me. I love Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. So good. Um, there's a, a, a book by Cal Newport called Deep Work I just read recently. And, and I, I, look, I, I'll buy four or five books a month. Like I'm just kind of crazy about it because I just believe that I call it, we call it old self-gravity. Like old self-gravity, uh, spiritually natural man. There's just this natural pull against human beings to be average or to settle. And that's not why we're here on this earth. Like yeah. we're here to grow 
and to expand principle eight for us is the purpose of existence is eternal expansion and value creation, right? Grow and then serve. Grow and then create value. So those are some of the books I read. I just like, I love to listen to podcasts. I love to read. I love to learn. I love to follow Mint Arrow on oh, Instagram. I do. Thanks, Satema. Uh, and what podcast do you love? I mean, you have an awesome podcast that we'll, sh- let's shout it out right now. What's your podcast? My podcast name? is called Your Daily Revolution. I love it. It's like small, yeah, like 10 minutes, easy, easily digestible. Just these like snippets of wisdom and amazingness. Yeah. And the books that you mentioned, a lot of those I really love, especially that Seven Habits is just so classic. My yes. dad, you classic. know, sings its praises. I feel like most people who I really admire and look at and think they've got something that I want, I've heard them drop that book. Yeah. It's just, it's Stephen Covey really had something magic figured out in that book. He did. So. Cool. I love that. So I want to know if, you know, people have listened to this and they're like, wow, that's a lot of amazing inspirational wisdom that we've picked up today. If there's one thing that you would want people to walk away from, what's your one message you want people to remember from all of this? One thing, I'd say this. If you really knew how short life was, like the older I get, I see people passing away, it's frequent now. And the one thing is, if you knew how short life was, you wouldn't be afraid to go to go do what you wanna to do, to go make bigger requests, go ask for anything. Just don't wait, like, don't procrastinate. Don't wait to go have the conversation with your mom or dad or, or someone that you've heard. Don't wait to go after your dreams. Don't wait and put off till next Monday exercise. Like do it today. Some days code for never, or some day it is never, and that's, that's my one thing. It's just like you're gonna you're gonna pass away sometime. It might be very soon, so don't wait. Like no matter how hard it is, like get up and go. I I just that's why I share my story. Is we've hit some very deep lows and some bottoms, and I just kept in mind like we get one chance on this earth, so I'm gonna go make the most of it. And that's what I invite our, the listeners to do is. If there's something in your heart that's been calling you, like you know there's something you want to do, something you got to clean up, something you got to face, go do it. Stop waiting. That's a beautiful message. I love it. Where can people find you if they were so inspired by this, if they're thinking like he would be the most amazing coach, if they want to just get a little bit of your podcast or your, you know, they want to follow you on Insta stories or any of all of the things, tell us where we can find you. You got it. So... Obviously, Instagram is, is one spot. I love its stories, my Instagram. And then my site, setemangali.com, S-E-T-E-M-A-G-A-L-I.com. That has everything that we do. And you know, I still, I respond to people. Uh, I get a lot of messages, and so I still respond to people in, in, uh, in direct messages. And, and then I, I push them to uh, certain team members. But I love, like, what you see on Instagram is really, it's who I am. You see the real Satema with my family, with my wife, with my kids, in the gym, with my 5 a.m. crew. Neil's part of that crew. <laughs> and uh, That is very it. true. What you see is what you get with you, and yeah. we love you for that. So, And your Instagram is? Setemangali, S-E-T-E-M-A-G-A-L-I. Cool. And if people wanted to look into hiring you as a coach, where would they find that information? Yep, all on my site, setemangali.com. Okay. It's all there. There's plenty of places to 
jump into my our ecosystem and opt in with your email and my team will you, you put something in my team's going to reach out to you real fast they just do because i know the work i do it's it's not about like um you know hey i got this cool thing it's there's something in your life that's not working and my mission my life's work is to help you to, to remove those obstacles and to level up and to move on. And so that's why we're fast and we're quick to respond and to get people moving. That's amazing. Okay, well, we this was such a gift. So thank you for taking your time to come share your message with us and inspire a lot of people. You inspired me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored and just grateful to be here. I'm just honored to be part of your podcast in the world. So thank you. Thanks, September. Thanks so much for listening to Mint Arrow Messages. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Mint Arrow. Subscribe to our Apple Podcasts and rate and review us if you like us. And to get show notes, go to mintarrow.com slash podcast. And you can even sign up to get show notes emailed right to your inbox. And we'll email you every time there's a new episode.